The Chicago Blackhawks will have officially reached the midway point of the regular season following tonight's game with the Edmonton Oilers. And on today's episode, I'll be dishing out midseason grades to the IR boys, Connor Bedard, Nick Foligno, Seth Jones, Tyler Johnson, and Taylor Radish. Plus, I'll also share my thoughts on William Nylander signing an eight-year extension with the Toronto Maple Leafs. All that and plenty more right here on Locked On Blackhawks. Your Locked On Blackhawks, your daily podcast on the Chicago Blackhawks. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, everyone? Welcome on into another episode of Locked On Blackhawks, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. can go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And also make sure to go and follow my Strictly Blackhawks account at Talking Hockey as that account is closing in on 4,000 followers. Greatly appreciate all of the support. And also by following that account, you can get the latest Blackhawks news and updates. And also, if you like what you're listening to, like what you're watching on today's show, please make sure to go and help me out by hitting the like button commenting down below and subscribing for Celebrini, which is the new motto I have here on the channel. Make sure to take care of all of that real quick. It won't cost you anything. It's 100% free and really does help me out tremendously. And also, today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks is sponsored by Game Time. Make sure to go and download the Game Time app right now. And when you do, use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps to get $20 off to the sporting events, concerts, or theater events near you. All right. Good afternoon. Good morning, everyone. Depending on when you're listening to this as uh, as always, thank you all for joining me on another episode of Lockdown Blackhawks, your one-stop shop for all things Chicago Blackhawks. Hope everyone's Tuesday is off to a good start thus far. I know it's a little bit of a winter wonderland out there for uh, the first time this winter. Didn't get as much snow as was anticipated overnight, but at the time of this recording, still snowing Pretty good outside right now as I'm looking at it. So just making sure everyone out there has a safe start to their day and have and is having safe travels. On today's show, pretty busy episode as I will be dishing out mid-season grades as the Blackhawks officially reach the midway point of the regular season after they take on the Edmonton Oilers here tonight. Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Red Hot Oilers offense coming to town Take on the depleted Chicago Blackhawks who still have nine players on injured reserve. Not really going to be previewing that episode too much because uh, while the Blackhawks, yes, could do the unthinkable, I think it's pretty likely that the Oilers are going to steam right through this uh, struggling Hawks defense. I'll keep my fingers crossed that won't be the case, but not really going to waste too much time by getting into that uh, a preview of that matchup. But what I am going to be starting off today's show with is the IR boys. They're the ones I'm going to be giving out midseason grades to first since they're not able to play in the midway point matchup here tonight. Their first halves are already in the books. We know what their statistics are. So these are the players I'm going to be starting with first. Connor Bedard, Nick Felino, Seth Jones, Taylor Radish, and Tyler Johnson. I also want to let you all know before I go further into these midseason grades, probably going to be a three-parter throughout the course of this week, if I had to guess. Um, I'm only going to be dishing out grades to players who have played in at least half of the Blackhawks games so far this season. It would just make for too many players, and we also just don't have a big enough sample size on some of those guys to really understand truly how 
good or how bad their first half of the regular season was. So that means I'm not going to be giving out grades to out of the IR boys, Anthony Beauvillier, Joey Anderson, Andreas Athanasiu. They haven't reached the uh, 20 game threshold in order to get a grade. So just want to put that out there before I go through the rest of this throughout the course of this week. But starting things off, I think we have to begin with none other than 2023 number one overall pick, Connor Bedard, who unfortunately is one of the latest additions to injured reserve along with Nick Felino, following a fractured jaw suffered on a hit from Brendan Smith in last Friday's game against the New Jersey Devils. We know that's likely to keep Bedard out somewhere around four to six weeks and probably won't be playing in the NHL All-Star game as a result either, which is really unfortunate because this injury happened just two days after uh, Bedard made NHL history again by becoming the youngest player to ever be named to an NHL All-Star game. But Bedard suited up in 39 of the Blackhawks, 40 games so far this season. And in those 39 games, I think it's safe to say he didn't disappoint by any margin. If anything, he exceeded expectations given what he was playing with on a nightly basis. I mean, over the last three weeks, it had been less and less and less for Connor Bedard to work with yet. His pace, his production, his impact never really stopped. And for a kid who's still 18 and still closer to 18 than 19, you just have to be impressed with what Connor Bedard has done to kick off his NHL career. A team high 15 goals in those 39 games, a team high 18 assists, leading the team with 33 points, leading all rookies in those categories as well. And prior to his injury, the next closest Blackhawk to him in terms of points was 10 points away. I mean, Connor Bedard by far had been the Blackhawks most productive player in the first half of the regular season. And even watching the developments throughout the first half, like I mentioned, as players were kind of being picked off one by one around him, he still found a way to kind of take his playmaking to another level in comparison to the first couple of weeks of the season. We saw him get more confident, get more comfortable. We saw him score some other types of goals, scoring gritty goals right in front of the net, kind of adapting to what the NHL gives him. We saw him score the Michigan goal, a beauty against the St. Louis Blues, uh, a highlight reel goal against the Edmonton Oilers, the overtime winner against the Winnipeg Jets, in which he called his own number, walked right down Broadway and beat Connor Hellebuck, one of the best goalies in the NHL with a wrister. There were so many great Bedard moments, and we're only getting a drop of the barrel. This is just the beginning from this kid with no help at 18 years of age. Connor Bedard is still darn near a point per game player. Really impressive stuff. What I also think is impressive is he was doing most of this at even strength out of his 15 goals. Only one came on the power play 14, even strength goals for Connor Bedard. Uh, I don't know what the numbers are right now, but I know a couple of weeks ago, he was second in the NHL and even strength goals behind only Austin Matthews. Uh, really impressive stuff from Connor Bedard. And he was also being utilized as the number one forward for this Blackhawks team, basically right from the get-go. They kind of eased him in on that opening road trip, but pretty much he was playing 19 to 20 minutes a night right off the bat, leading all Blackhawks forwards in ice time with 19 minutes and four seconds here in the first half. The one real knock you could have on Connor Bedard is he only won 40.1% of his faceoffs, which as an 18-year-old, that was undersized 18-year-old, that was kind of to be expected. And I also wanted just to, for reference, go back and look at what Connor McDavid did in the faceoff dot during his rookie season. He only won 41.2% of his draws as a rookie. So Bedard at 
0.1% shouldn't cause too much concern to any Blackhawks fans. It's just one of those things where it takes time and the more reps and the more experience you get, then you start to kind of show signs of progress and start to get better in those areas. So really from all accounts, I think this has to be a smashing success of a first half for Connor Bedard. 51.8 Corsi 4 percentage, which I think is really impressive as well. Uh, I think it's impossible to not be giving Connor Bedard an A for his performance in the first half of the regular season. Make sure to go and comment down below what grade you would give Connor Bedard, whether you agree with me or disagree. Next, we have 29-year-old defenseman Seth Jones, who, believe it or not, is already in his 11th NHL campaign. Obviously, we haven't seen him in over a month now due to a shoulder injury. Played in 27 of the Blackhawks' 40 games at this point in time. Still no goals, though, for Seth Jones, which I think is a real big problem and something that's not going to sit right with a lot of Blackhawks fans. The playmaking, I thought, was fine. 11 assists in 27 games. That's Actually, those 11 assists are still third on the Blackhawks right now, and his 11 points is seventh on the team as well, despite missing one month. But I think this first half is still disappointing for Seth Jones because he didn't find the back of the net. And that's because my expectation for him going into this first half was that he was really going to benefit from getting a lot of ice time with a guy like Connor Bedard, who's going to draw so much attention because of his shot and also his creativity. I really thought that was going to open up avenues for Seth Jones from the blue line. And that just really hasn't been the case thus far. The one thing I will say is at the time of his injury, Jones had registered 60 shots on goal in those 27 games. And that was the most by anyone in the NHL who had still yet to find the back of the net. So it wasn't due to a lack of effort. Seth was still getting his shots through, but um, finding the back of the net was a, a whole different problem of his. So I think it has to be a little underwhelming of a first half based on what we know Seth Jones can do offensively. He's been a little underwhelming. And I think his poor play offensively, uh, on the power play was really why that unit struggled as a whole when he was healthy. In terms of his time on ice, he was up to 25 minutes and 25 seconds, the clear-cut number one for the Blackhawks once again, and was even up one minute from last year's time on ice. 64 block shots in 27 games is actually a really good pace for Seth because his previous career high was 155, so he was really sacrificing the body. He also had 25 hits in 27 games, right on pace with kind of what he does at this point in his career, 106 has been a, a previous career high. And then in terms of the Corsi percentage, 49.8 for Seth, which is actually pretty solid for a guy who plays nearly half the game for the Blackhawks, was on the ice for 29 goals for to 38 goals against at even strength with an 88.0 on ice save percentage from Blackhawks goaltenders. So I thought Seth Jones was pretty good defensively, and I think we're clearly seeing the effects of the Blackhawks being without their veteran number one defenseman right now with all the defensive struggles that they've had and how it's led to struggles for young goaltender Arvid Soderbloom as well. I think the Seth Jones, Seth Jones is undoubtedly missed by this Blackhawks team, but he still was underwhelming in the first half of the regular season offensively. No goals in 27 games is kind of unacceptable. So for those reasons, I'm going to give Seth Jones a flat C for his performance in the first half. Make sure to go and comment down below as to whether or not you agree or disagree with that grade. Next up, we got 36-year-old de facto captain Nick Foligno, who unfortunately suffered an injury after coming to the aid of Connor Bedard and making Brendan Smith answer the bell for his hit on the 18-year-old kid. Finger injury for Nick Foligno. He's now on injured reserve as well. But he also played in all 39 games for the Blackhawks prior to suffering that injury. And what a really remarkable 
kind of first half Nick Foligno had for the Blackhawks in many different ways. Offensively, he was really solid and almost was like a renaissance for him offensively. Eight goals and nine assists for 17 points. Those eight goals are tied for fourth on the team. Those nine assists are tied for fourth on the team. Those 17 points are fourth on the team as well. Offensively, it's been nice to see Nick Foligno in a more meaningful role here in Chicago, make the most of those chances and really played well alongside Connor Bedard while also being kind of his guardian out there and being a leader for not only Bedard, but all of the Blackhawks youngsters and the rest of the locker room. Such a good guy to lead by example. And also it feels like every time he talks, everyone is listening. He always has some really good wisdom to share um, and just leads in so many different ways. So his absence is certainly going to be missed and certainly going to be felt by these Blackhawks. Uh, Felino's three power play goals were also tied for the most on the team with Tyler Johnson and Philip Kurashev. So he had been making his presence felt on the man advantage as well as much as possible with this Blackhawks struggling power play. Added one shorthanded goal as well and was a big part in the penalty kill. Really all areas Nick Felino kind of had his fingerprints on for the Blackhawks during this first half. Uh, shot 11%, which is right on par with his career average. 17 minutes and 32 seconds of time on ice is the most that he's gotten since 2020-2021 with the Columbus Blue Jackets, ranking third among all Blackhawks forwards. In terms of hits, he's got 84, and he had 147 in the year prior. So the physicality's up a little bit as well. In terms of the analytics, Corsi 4 percentage, 44.3% for Felino on the ice for 36 goals for to 43 goals against. Offensively, what he's been able to do on and off the ice, I think kind of like Connor Bedard, I don't know how we don't give Nick Felino an A. So much respect given his way for everything that he's done since arriving here. And because of the impact that he's had on this team, I know we don't see it in the standings, but I really do wonder if there is an extension coming for Nick Felino because it seems like he's enjoying his time here in Chicago, at least so it seems. Seems like he's got a really good relationship with Connor Bedard, like that father-son relationship like I've been joking about all year long. I've loved the addition of Nick Felino. I feel like all Blackhawks fans out there are going to feel the same for those reasons and what he's done offensively. I mean, being a top five offensive piece for this Blackhawks squad, I think I have to give Nick Felino an A for his performance in his first 39 games. All right, there are my first midseason grades that I'll be dishing out. Coming up in just a moment, I'll pick up right where I left off, starting with forward Tyler Johnson. But first, I got to talk to you all about game time. You shouldn't have to worry when you're buying tickets to your next big event. And game time is the fast and easy way for you to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. And I personally have been using game time for probably close to a decade now since I was back in high school watching legends like Jonathan Taves, Patrick Kane, Brent Seabrook, Duncan Keith down at the United Center. Whenever I'm going to a sports game, doesn't matter if I'm in Chicago trying to see the Blackhawks or the Cubs or out in another city trying to see a sports game or trying to go and see a concert, I always make sure to check game time first because it's the fastest, cheapest, and easiest way for you to find all your tickets. Plus, I love how they send you a picture of your seat so you know exactly what to expect when you're arriving. I highly recommend you all go and download the game time app right now and when you do, make sure to use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. That way, you can get $20 off with your first purchase. Yes, you heard me right. You can get $20 off to come see Connor Bedard at the United Center this season. All you have to do is download the Game Time app, 
create an account, and use the promo code LOCKDOWNNHL in all caps. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed, game time. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, the Blackhawks take on Connor McDavid, Leon Dreisaitl, and the Edmonton Oilers here tonight at 7.30 p.m. Central Time. It's the second meeting between these two teams in the past month, and you can catch all of the Blackhawks' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. All you have to do is search Blackhawks. All right, segment two, picking up where I left off, we got two more IR boys to get through here. First is none other than 33-year-old, Two-time Stanley Cup champion? This is going to make me think. I think he's a two-time Stanley Cup champion. Regardless, it's Tyler Johnson, who's played in 35 of the first 39 games for the Blackhawks this season. Played in all 35 before suffering a foot injury, which has led to him being in a boot here as of late. No real update as to his injury timeline, but getting into his numbers in those 35 games, Tyler Johnson recorded nine goals and four assists for 13 points, and those nine goals are good for third on the Blackhawks currently in a nice uptick from what Johnson had last season where he only potted 12 goals in 56 games. So nice to see the goal scoring go up, but at the same point in time, the playmaking numbers have really been down for Johnson this season. And that's probably a result of the Blackhawks offense really just struggling as a whole. And he's kind of been not in a consistent spot and probably played more third line minutes than he's Uh, gotten in the past so only four assists in 35 games for Tyler Johnson he had 20 in 56 last year so those numbers excuse me are down a little bit and then those 13 points currently t5 on the Blackhawks three power play goals though for Tyler Johnson that's been nice to see as he's been doing a good job with his net front presence role and right there out in the bumper tied for Nick Foligno and Philip Kurashev Six of his goals have come from the even strength method. One thing that stood out, 15.5 shooting percentage from Tyler Johnson. Maybe a little bit of an outlier, um, but nice to see him scoring at a high clip. The one problem with that is he only has 58 shots on goal in those 35 games, so not rifling them at opposing goaltenders at a very high clip. And when you're shooting 15.5%, you got some good puck luck going for you this season. I would like to see Tyler Johnson, whenever he returns, try to fire the biscuit a little bit more. In terms of his time on ice, averaging 15 minutes and 13 seconds, as I mentioned, probably playing a little bit more third-line minutes than he was last year when he averaged 16 minutes and 34 seconds. Uh, His face-off win percentage is 42.4%, but hasn't really been utilized as a center since coming to Chicago, so don't think that should really be held against him. And then in terms of the Corsi 4 percentage, 46.7% for Johnson. Not bad. Uh, on the ice, though, for only 16 goals, four at five on five to 25 against. And with a 90.5 on ice save percentage, that's one of the best that I've seen out of any Blackhawks. So no real excuse for him to uh, be on the ice for that many more goals against than goals for, especially when he has a very high shooting percentage. But I'd like to see Johnson providing some help in the goal scoring categories. That's really what he's here to do. And also to be one of those veteran leaders in the locker room. Uh, that's another big loss for the Blackhawks to not have him around. Basically anyone with veteran leadership, it seems, is hurt at this point in time. But all things considered for Tyler Johnson, probably going to give him a a B, I'm going with flat grades here. I'd probably give him a B minus if I could be a little bit more picky, but I'm going to give Tyler Johnson just a flat B for his performance in the first half. Go and comment down below what you think Johnson deserves. And last but not least, out of the IR boys, before I get into part two tomorrow, we got Taylor Radish, uh, who 
has been one of the more underwhelming Blackhawks here in the first half. Like Tyler Johnson, played in 35 games, only had five goals and five assists for 10 points, though. And if you all remember correctly, Tyler Johnson hit the 20-goal plateau last year for the first time in his NHL career, potting 20 goals in 78 games. For him to only have five and 35 this year when it was such a meaningful season and a really good opportunity for him to build off of it and prove that he's not a one-hit wonder and can be a consistent 20, maybe 25 goal scorer in the NHL for the Blackhawks. That just hasn't been the case for him so far this year. And it's been really disappointing. As someone who has been super high on Taylor Radish since he arrived here, this was not the type of season that I uh, envisioned him having. Five assists as well in 35 games, down from 17 that he had in 78 last year. So the pace isn't on point for him either in that category. 10 points through his first 35 games. I know he's not the biggest playmaker, but when you're not finding the back of the net and also not contributing, despite playing mostly in a top six role all year long, like he was last year, it's got to be a little bit discouraging. Uh, Only one power play goal as well for Taylor Radish, which was something that he really excelled at last year with a team high seven. Uh, He's also only shooting 8.8% compared to 15.5% last year. Yeah. I thought that was a little bit of an outlier, but I still thought based on what we had seen, he could be a guy that could shoot in the double digits year after year. But not only is his shooting percentage down, he's only got 57 shots in 35 games, like Tyler Johnson, not getting a whole lot of pucks at opposing goaltenders. So that's disappointing. And I said, um, he's still been playing basically a second line role all year long for the Blackhawks. He averaged 16 minutes and 34 seconds of time on ice last year. Only at 16 minutes and 12 seconds this year. It's basically the same, but the numbers have just taken a massive dip in production. And even the hits are down for Taylor Radish this year as well. He's got 31 in 35 games. He had 82 hits in uh, 78 games last year. So down a little bit in those categories. All across the board, it's down for Taylor Radish, man. And I was really, really hoping he was going to be build up, building off of what he did last year. So For those reasons, man, I hate to be picky, but I'm going to give Taylor Radish a D for his performance so far in the first half of the season. Just severely underwhelming. Again, go and comment down below as to whether or not you feel the same about Taylor Radish's first half and what grade you would be giving him. All right, there is part one of my Chicago Blackhawks midseason grades coming up in just a moment. Don't go anywhere, Blackhawks fans, because I still have to get into my thoughts on William Nylander's extension and what it means for the Blackhawks next summer. But first, I got to talk to you all about FanDuel. I accidentally opened the wrong thing. I apologize here, folks. That's not right either. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay hot with FanDuel because right now new customers can get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Yes, you heard me correctly. That's $150 in bonus bets if your team wins on the money line with just a $5 bet. So if you've been thinking about signing up for FanDuel, There's no better time to get in on the action than right now because FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all throughout the NFL postseason. Just pick any team to win on the money line with a $5 bet, and if they come through, you'll get $150 worth of bonus bets put into your account. And you can use these bonus bets to bet on everything from the over-unders to the money line to player props to the spreads and much, much more, all on an app that's safe secure, and super easy to use. Plus, I love how FanDuel pays you out instantly when you win, unlike some other sports books. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash locked on. 
to start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, an official partner of the National Football League. Back here on the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure to smash the like button, comment down below, and subscribe for Celebrini if you haven't done so already. And also, make sure to go and check out the new Lockdown Sports Today because Lockdown has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. And Lockdown Sports Today is here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Go to Locked On Sports today on YouTube and subscribe to the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel. Segment three, one thing I do have to talk about here real quick before I wrap things up is the announcement that came yesterday regarding Toronto Maple Leafs forward William Nylander, who officially signed an eight-year million extension with the club to remain a Leaf through the 2032 season, of course, meaning that he will not be hitting free agency next next summer. Uh, And good for Willie. I mean, he's been an absolute monster over the last three years. We knew he was going to get his payday at some point, whether that was going to come from uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs or whether that was going to come from another club via free agency. I was really hoping it was going to be the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, really hoping that the Hawks were going to get at least a run at either he or Austin Matthews, but both of them, of course, now locked in with the Toronto Maple Leafs, but does make things a whole lot interesting for the uh, for Toronto in the summer of 2025 when both Mitch Marner and John Tavares are expected to come off of the books. But obviously this means the Blackhawks cannot pursue William Nylander in free agency. It's going to be really interesting to see how that impacts Toronto, but as far as how it impacts the Blackhawks. It's just one more free agent. We got to X off the list for next summer. And it is still a pretty intriguing free agent class, even without Nylander. One thing I will say though, Blackhawks fans, I'm still more inclined for this team to spend in the summer of 2025. I think that is going to be hands down one of the best free agent classes we've ever seen. Um, So I do think the Blackhawks are going to be active next year in free agency, but we've also heard Kyle Davidson say they might not be too aggressive. And I wouldn't completely disagree with that, but I do still think they have to at least make one noteworthy addition from this free agent class this summer. They have the money to do so. And Connor Bedard clearly needs some help out of the big fish though, that are free agents this summer. These are the names that I've kind of compiled together that I I think make the most sense. Steven Stamkos, Sam Reinhart, Jake Gensel, Tavo Teravainen, Jonathan Marcheseau, Tyler Toffoli, and Joe Pavelski. Those are the big guns that I think the Blackhawks should be eyeing the most, and I think they should be saying to themselves, we got to get at least one of these guys. I don't think any of them are really going to break the bank too much. I guess you could say Jake Gensel could theoretically break the bank, but Sam Reinhardt is going to break the bank as well, probably coming off the big year that he's having. But I think the Blackhawks are certainly going to be able to afford one of these pieces, I really don't think they're going to go and get a aging Steven Stamkos. That doesn't seem all that likely to me, right? I don't personally think Jonathan Marcheseau exactly matches up with what they're trying to do. Tavo Teravine, and if they can go out and try and recoup him, man, I think that would be a very big ad for the Blackhawks. Tyler Toffoli, 
I think is someone who could be a very good second line goal scoring piece along with Connor Bedard as well. So there are a lot of interesting options out there. Joe Pavelski is probably a little bit too old for my liking, but I think those are the big fish that the Blackhawks should be eyeing this free agency. And if they don't go and get one of those guys, there's still a pretty good group of players below them. There is a pretty sizable gap in terms of the player qualities, but uh, still some pretty solid players here. Matt Duchesne, Max Pacioretty, Max Domi, Victor Arvidsson, Elias Lindholm, Noah Hannafin, Jordan Everly, Patrick Kane. No, I don't see Patrick Kane happening, but at the very least, the Blackhawks have to go get one of these guys from this next group. Max Domi would be a really interesting one. We know the Blackhawks front office really liked him and his time here, and Domi really enjoyed his time in Chicago and playing for Luke Richardson again. So I don't think we could rule that out. I think Victor Arvidsson is a very interesting one as well. A guy with good goal scoring, plays a simple game, likes to get pucks on the net. Um, But regardless, the 2024 free agent class is notable enough where the Blackhawks have to at least make one splash. They just have the money. There's the need for them to add to this forward group. So even without William Nylander, There are still some pretty good names for the Blackhawks to go out and get. Obviously, as that inches closer, we'll have a better idea of exactly uh, what type of player and who they're likely to add. So I'll make sure to be sticking up with this uh, until the summer hits. But those are the players right here, right now, out of the 2024 free agent class that are catching my eyeballs for the Blackhawks this summer. All right, that is going to wrap up today's episode of Lockdown Blackhawks. As always, thank you all again for tuning into the show and be sure to go and follow Lockdown Blackhawks for free right now, wherever you may be listening to your podcast and to go and subscribe to Lockdown Blackhawks on YouTube. And that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. Again, I'm your host, Jack Bushman. Do me a favor, go and give me a follow on X at Jack Bushman too. And also make sure to go and follow my strictly Blackhawks account at Talk and Hockey as that is nearing 4,000 subscribers and that way you can get the latest episode as soon as it becomes available each and every day. So until tomorrow's episode, everyone have a safe rest of your afternoon. Go Hawks. Maybe we can shock the world and beat the Oilers tonight. That's going to do it here for the Lockdown Blackhawks podcast. Part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day.